Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio where we help businesses be amazing. And I'm very excited about this episode because we have Marilyn Suttle, who's going to come in and talk to us about her new book, Taming Gladys, The Business Leader's Guide to Fierce Customer Loyalty. I love the concept of fierce customer loyalty. Fierce, that's a great word. She'll be with us in just a little while. But now I want to talk to you about a special report that I received from Needle.com. That's N-E-E-D-L-E.com. They sent over a report called The Shoots and Ladders of Customer Loyalty loyalty. Now, you may remember the game Shoots and Ladders, so that's really this nice graphic that they've laid out. I'd actually call it an infographic, but there's some stats and facts that I think are really important that all of us should be aware of. And here is a really important one. It's titled Too Many Options. 29% of customers are overwhelmed by the number of options that they receive from online retailers. Now, Online retailers, don't be afraid. If you don't do anything online, if you're a B2B, not selling to consumers, don't worry about it because even though these numbers may not be exact to what you do, the concept behind the numbers is. What this stat is saying is that people become overwhelmed by options and choices. And there's an old line that we must always remember, and that is the confused customer doesn't buy. And I don't care what kind of business you're in. If you confuse your customer with too many options, they're not going to buy. Another interesting stat, in fact, limited product information. 25% of online consumers say they've abandoned a purchase because of poor product information. And 28% of those consumers say their biggest frustration with online shopping is the time it takes to research, view, and eventually purchase the product. Now, here's what this tells me is that people are interested in buying and they're interested in researching. We must make it easy for them to research and buy. I believe that many of our customers, based on what we sell, and not all of us fall in this category, but many of us sell something that other people sell as well, they're going to go online before they go to a store, before they pick up the phone and call us, before they come and visit us, or just go onto an online website, they're going to do some research and they're going to compare one product to the next. And then they'll make their decision. So make sure you give them a clean, easy view, good product information. Next stat, in fact, is about the lack of personalization. 22% of online consumers say they miss the personalized in-store experience that they receive from a live sales associate. I love the experience that I receive when I go into a store and people recognize me and they remember what it is uh, that I bought the last time I was there. Amazon is an online retailer and they do an amazing job of this. I go onto Amazon and first of all it says welcome back Shep. It actually uses my name in the welcome back message and then underneath it says basically that the last time you were here, this is what you looked at. This is what you've purchased in the past, and therefore you might be interested in this in the future. If I go to my favorite department store and I see my regular salesperson, I am going to get a very similar experience uh, by the person that recognized me. Hey, Shep, welcome back. You know what? Remember those pants that you bought the last time you were here? Uh, we've got them in different colors. Do you think you'd be interested in those? 
basically what's happening is uh, they're remembering what it is that I bought. They're recognizing me. And that's very difficult for most online retailers. But when you look at what Amazon has done, and now you're looking at what other companies who are finding programs, software programs, uh, ways of communicating that personalized experience, I think that's pretty powerful. Uh, I actually wrote an article in one of my newsletters about the similarity between that Amazon experience that I just mentioned and when I went into a hockey store. Uh, I play hockey. Many of you who listen to the show know that I am a frustrated amateur hockey player. I play two to three times a week. And I remember walking into uh, the hockey store where I buy my equipment at, called Total Hockey, and the gentleman there said, Hey, Shep, welcome back. You remember those skates that you were looking at? You still interested in those skates? Guess what happened that day? I bought a pair of skates. There was an abundance of personalization, not a lack thereof. And the final stat and fact that I want to share with you has to do with lack of trust. Only 12% of consumers trust sales associates. And here's the big point. Be more interested in the person over the sale. Be interested in the person more than the sale, and guess what will happen? Your sale may eventually come. All right, that's enough for the information that we wanted to share today. Let's get right into our interview with Marilyn Suttle, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. Shep Hyken here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24 7 365 days a year just go to www.shepondemand.com once again that's shepondemand.com and remember always be amazing you're listening to amazing business radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert shep hyken we're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I'm excited today because we are going to learn from Marilyn Suttle, and she is a customer service expert. You may have heard me talk about her before. She's has a great book called Who's Your Gladys, but her most recent book, which is out as we speak, I think... Uh, just like today is the official release date, her new book's called Taming Gladys, The Busy Leader's Guide to Fierce Customer Loyalty. So as I mentioned, she's a customer service expert. She's one of my colleagues. She speaks all over the world. She's been doing this for over 20 years, which means she's only about, what, 33 years old. I know those are the right things to say. Women care so much about their age. I know that sounds like a, a sexist thing, but uh, you don't hear guys complaining about being 33. <laughs> hey there, Shep. Hey, Marilyn. Great know, to have say, you. They say that uh, the plastic surgery is going up for men these days, so I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what? There is nothing that can improve on what I already have, and, and that's not because it's so good. It's just nothing's going to help. Well, hey, I appreciate that you don't wear the man button. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, hey, let's just get into it because uh, one of the things we talk about on Amazing Business Radio is how we help make businesses amazing. We do that through delivering 
an outstanding and amazing customer service experience, and that's what you're all about. I mean, your your last book, Who's Your Gladys? How to Turn Even the Most Difficult Customer into Your Biggest Fan, which, by the way, if you don't have the book, go out and get it. It's not it's not like this new book is a sequel, but I, I just love the last book you did. And, and Gladys is a fictitious person, actually really not. I think it's the name of a person that you're using as a metaphor for all of uh, you know the customers throughout the book. Absolutely, because we all have a different type of person that triggers us, and yeah. so Gladys is the name of that person who calls for you to be more, you know, more compassionate, more patient, more whatever it is that is a challenge for you. Right. So we'll talk more about your new book in just a moment, but let's jump in with some really good content. So one of the things you like to talk about are the big mistakes that leaders make that can stop customer loyalty from happening in its tracks. Oh, yeah. And this is this is so important because you, it's your baby. You know, this is your business, your, your, your livelihood, and you care about it. But when it comes to customer loyalty, it's easy to get off track. And the number one thing, the biggest mistake people make is lack of consistency. You know, you put all this investment into getting everybody on board and fully understanding the customer service model that you put together, and then you get busy. And things slide. And it's just like when you floss your teeth. Shep, you know how when you floss your teeth daily and then you go to your doctor, your dentist appointment and they smile. And then when you let that slip and you get the cavities, you know, you know, you don't see it right away. It just kind of falls away. So that consistency is like flossing your teeth. You've got to do it daily. Right. The dentist, uh, you ask them, uh, do I have to floss all of my teeth? <laughs> and, and, and the response is only the ones you want to keep. Right. <laughs> and you, if you put it that way, do I have to give good service to all of my customers every time? Only the ones you want to keep. Only the ones but you want to keep. that means, yeah. So it means keeping the whole team on board and acknowledging what's working right continuously. And it's so easy to be putting out fires and putting out fires and letting that piece of acknowledgement slide that's one of the biggest mistakes people make. So when you talk about consistency, are you talking about the system following the proper procedures, protocol, if you will? Uh, you know, you, you, you train people to do what they're supposed to do, and then for whatever reason it slips? Or is there, uh, I mean, is there consistency in work? I mean, you're probably going to tell me it's all of those. But, <laughs> but you know, I just, because I talk about a consistent performance, and usually I'm talking about a people-based performance where it's an individual who's coming to work day after day. We don't want them to slip. We want them to come and do the best job they can every day. And it's a consistency and effort that makes the difference, but I think you're kind of leaning toward consistency and and the process. The process is crucial, and everybody has a philosophy philosophy of this is the way we do things. And you start out with big intention, you roll out your values with everybody, you enforce it, reinforce it, and then if you really go behind the scenes and ask the employees, is that really the way you do things? They roll their eyes. Oh, yeah, right. And so it slips. It's a lack of focus and attention on consistency. And who's to fault for that happening? It, it, I would say it's it, a little bit on the employee, but i got to go with the management and the leadership. If they're not if, – if, if, the, if the employees on the front line are rolling their eyes going, yeah, okay, well, that may be what they tell us we're supposed to do, you know, who's to fault here? <laughs> 
You know, the leader is the guardian of the culture of customer service. So it is the ultimately the leader's responsibility that buck stops here, right? And if you have people slipping, it's because they aren't being you don't have a system in place to catch those slips to have, you know, some one of the kindest things you could do is give feedback. And even if it's critical feedback, if it's constructive, you're actually helping the entire team. Not tolerating. Sometimes leaders have a hard time with dealing with conflict and it's uncomfortable, so they think, well, they'll iron it out. I don't need to say something this time. But if you do, if you see that as a kindness and act that way, people will appreciate and respond to it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. And, and uh, it, it's so important to give the right feedback. So what, I mean, let's jump to the customer side of things. They have expectations. Uh, I'm always asked, is customer service uh, better or worse today than ever before. People say it's it's typically they think it's worse. I disagree. I don't think it's worse. I think customers' expectations are higher. How do you see the expectations of a customer today? Well, here's I always go to research and look at you know what are customers really saying. So I went to Gallup, who did one of the largest research studies on customer expectations, and they found that there's basically four expectations that if they're com- continuously met, you have long-lasting, loyal relationships with that customer. And the bottom two have to be done consistently. And the bottom one is customers expect accuracy. Do what you say you're going to do. It's going to work. It's going to be on time and to specs. And they also expect availability, which in my book, I call that responsiveness. Hmm. So if you say you're going to return their phone call or their email, you need to be specific about what does that look like as a team. Because you might say, I'll call you right back. And to you, that means in the, within the next hour or two. To the customer, it might mean within the next five minutes. And they're getting angrier and angrier while you're thinking you're being responsive. So ah. you need to be very specific. Right. And when somebody says, I need this quickly, you don't say, okay, and then, then go do it. You, you ask, well, how quickly? Make sure you're right. you're in alignment with those expectations. So accuracy, availability, those are two of them. And those are the dissatisfiers. Those will lose you, the customers. But if you consistently do those bottom two, then you go into the juicy area, which is their expectation for partnership. Now, no customer is going to say, I want to be in partnership with you. What they say is, I want to trust that you have my best interests in mind. Mm, I love it. And so... Do you show that? How do you show that? Are you really listening and letting them know that they that you're in their world and see what their concerns are? It's a huge distinction, and it's part of a conversation. Everything happens in a conversation. Right. So when you're, you're uh, for B to B, I can definitely see the partnership thing. You know, more obvious than if it's I'm somebody going in to buy clothes at my local store. But at the end of the day, when the person who's helping me is says to me you know what that is not a good color on you Um, and this looks great on you and I start to trust and I think trust is huge in any relationship with a customer but that's where this concept of partnership comes along I've come to you to help sell me something that's going to make me look good when I walk out of here when I wear your clothes when I wear your shoes or whatever you're going to tell me do I look uh do I look good or not so good you know and and I think that's very powerful. So we've got partnership, 
And last but not least, there's another one, the fourth one. And the top one, and this is when you reach this point, you've got your lifelong customer. And that's advice. They want to, their expectation is that your advice is going to make a positive difference for them. And that and comes so from trust. You, absolutely. Yeah. That's and what you just brought up, which is so core. So I want to know as a customer that when you give me advice, that advice is going to improve my life, my business, or whatever I'm there to do business with you about. And if, if the expectation is met, many times customers will start to ask questions about sometimes things that you don't necessarily do, like, hey, can you give me an opinion on this? I know you don't sell this, but if I, 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 I value your opinion and your judgment. Can you tell me and help? And then you know when, when customers are asking you about the things you don't even do, you know you're in a really strong place. Right, that's value added. It's that lanyat, that something extra that they didn't necessarily get from anybody else. I, I, I love that word. Say it again. Lanyat. Can you spell it? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's a French word down in New Orleans. Uh, They use it a lot. Down in Louisiana, kind of Cajun, uh, Cajun French, and it's for, like, giving a little something extra. Right, and that's what spell checkers are for. (laughs) That's what spell checkers are for. I love it. I love it. Well, you know what? We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk more about your book. And something that I love about your book is it's not really just a book that you read. It's a book that you use, and there's lots of activities that leaders and managers can use to help uh, create, you know, just short little lessons for the employees they work with. So we're going to talk about that and a few other things. This is Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Marilyn Suttle. My name's Chef Hyken. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Doesn't everyone love Disney? I know I do. And I also love a great book. And Lessons from the Mouse by Dennis Snow is an excellent book. Dennis shares 10 practical principles from Disney and entertains as he educates. So check out Dennis Snow's book on Amazon.com. Once again, it's titled Lessons from the Mouse, a guide for applying Disney World's secrets of success to your organization, your career, and your life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Marilyn Suttle about her book, who, by the way, is co-authored with Lori Jo Vest. Lori Jo couldn't be on the call today. She wanted to be, but uh, she's out doing She's out making it, right? She's making it That's happen. Right. Out there. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> doing here stuff. doing the marketing and the selling and getting this book out there, and she's out there actually training and teaching and doing other things uh, that you teach in the book. So let's talk about the book, Taming Gladys, The Busy Leader's Guide to Fierce Customer Loyalty. And you claim it isn't really a book. Why is that? What we wanted to do was to make it really easy for a leader to go into a meeting and maybe the first 15 minutes or the last 20 minutes of the meeting to have some content ready to roll, activities that they could just pull the book out, say, oh, here, let's go to week two. We, we have an issue with, with uh, saying no to customers, so let's try this activity. So it's quick. It's easy. They don't have to think. They don't have to prep. But it gives you what you need to have the conversations that get the staff engaged and excited And one of the things, Shep, that we did, we didn't just write the book. We created it like a pilot program and ran companies through the book. And we followed up with them once a week to see how it was going and get feedback. So we have some great results by using some of these activities. All right. This is cool. So it's not just a book. It really is. It's a 
we could hire you and spend thousands and thousands of dollars to bring you in and or or if i've got 50 employees i can go out and buy 50 books and have everybody reading chapters and working through this is that what you're thinking <laughs> well it's different things for different purposes when you want to rally the troops and have a keynote get people on board that's awesome that's great and we also have an online course if you want people to take time out on a regular basis and take these pre-tests and post-tests and make sure they know their stuff but it's those conversations in between those daily meetings that you have that you could so easily sprinkle this these little activities in there and keep people excited the funniest thing one of the companies that piloted it had a staff of 30 who went out and they put cable TV in people's homes. So they weren't big on, they didn't think they really had anything to do with customer service. They came in, they did their thing, they left, barely talked to the customer. But by the third activity that they did in this book, they went from arms crossed and eyes rolling to they couldn't wait to share. And all of a sudden they got these, what they called wow calls. People calling in unsolicited just to say, oh my God, our service guy was amazing. So right. And that doesn't happen a lot happen. in the cable industry. That's no, a, it that's doesn't. a big change, and and, and yeah. yeah, and they're getting that. And uh, I've just done some work and research with the cable industry, and and hopefully, the days of bad service, the days of making you wait uh, a, a half a day sitting at home, a half a day off without pay to get your cable installed or repaired, oh. those days are gone. Um, and and so, well, you're doing good work in that industry because that that's an industry that in the past has had some pretty rough experiences, but I know that they're turning it around. So give us some tips. Give us some nuggets. Teach us something today that we can use and have a conversation about. By the way, I'm going to say something that's really important for this audience to understand. What, what Marilyn is saying is this. It's about training. Training isn't something that you did. It's something that you do. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be a half a day or a full day training program. It could be a 10 or 15 minute little activity and a reminder in a group meeting. And that's why I love this book, because it's filled with little lessons and trainings and activities that a company can use. So I want you to share. I want you to give away some of the secret sauce because we've got to get people excited about this. Okay, so let's say you're going into a meeting, you're busy, you got your staff, or maybe you, maybe you can spare only 10 minutes to talk about customer experience. So you come in and you ask everybody to just state out loud one, one situation where you'd have to say no to a customer. And so have everybody just either write it down on a board or just say it one person at a time. And then... You ask everybody, give people an index card and say, write down how you'd respond to that no. And then you turn it in. Nobody has to be put on the spot. You have your pile, and you start reading the responses to the no's. And what happens is they're learning from their peers. So if one of their peers said, well, I would never just say no and give that look of disgust when somebody asks a ridiculous question, um, and the person who is doing that hears it, not from the boss, but from their peers, who in a lot of ways has more credibility with them. So what you end up doing is having the team teach each other. It's short, it's quick, and people laugh, and people relate. And, you know, sometimes it gets a little silly, but bottom line is you get people thinking. Right, it's interactive, it gets people involved. And by the way, uh, a manager can very quickly spot the quiet person who doesn't want to get involved. 
and maybe mm-hmm. have a little sideline conversation afterwards saying, hey, you know what, next week we're going to do this again. I'm going to give you a heads up on the exercise so you have a chance to think about it because I want you to share. And uh, I think that's a great way of getting people who aren't involved to become involved because some people just want to hide in a corner. But they may be crucial to a piece of the puzzle that drives the customer experience. Right. So give us another one. Okay. Okay. So you're having a quick conversation about telephone. Now, I I brought this to – I was doing a global training for – I had five different countries in classrooms that I was being live streamed in, and I had a a live classroom in Detroit. And we just brought up the activity of what does it mean to be responsive to email? And, uh, you know, while that's one of our core beliefs, that's one of our core things, be responsive when you get an email. So then we had everybody say, well, what does responsive look like? And we had everything from, well, as soon as I get the information they're asking for, I email them. Well, that could take two days. So other people were saying, well, I email them immediately and say, I got your email, and I'll get back to you as soon as I find out, probably be a couple of days. Now, which one is going to make the customer happier? The one that's being ignored, the one that's waiting two days. You're working so hard, but they don't see it. They think they're being ignored. So getting the whole team to understand the idea of what is responsiveness and how are we all going to be the same? Because each customer may work with 100 different people in your company, and if every experience is different, there's no consistency, that beautiful word that you talked about earlier. Right. So I love this, uh, I, I, you know, the, the concept of responsiveness. And this, as you're saying this, it reminds me of the TV show Friends. And mm-hmm. I believe it was Ross that said, um, gosh, I hope I get this right. He was talking to Chandler or one of the, or Joey or one of the, about, hey, if, if, you're, if your girlfriend's coming in on a flight, and I'll, keep in mind, this is before uh, all the security <laughs> issues, <laughs> but if your girlfriend's coming in for a flight, uh, what do you do? Do you, um, you know, number one, uh, do you meet her at baggage claim and help her with her bags? Or do you just park outside and wait? And, of course, you know, Chandler, Joey said, oh, definitely. You go in and, and you meet her at the baggage claim. And, and Ross goes, eh, wrong. You go to the gate. <laughs> so I'm going right. to throw this out. Uh, it, I say you're right. Re- responsiveness is key. Respond back and say, we've got your email. We're going to work on this. We'll get back to you in the next couple of days. That's a better response than waiting a couple of days to say, here's your information, because at least you've responded. But I want to go a step further. I want to set the expectation. I want the customer to know why it's going to take a couple of days. And then you know what I want to do? I want to get back to them before a couple of days. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I want to I exceed. So I'm going to say, hey, we got your information or we got your request and we're going to look into it right away. Here's the process we're going to take. Uh, it could be today is, uh, let's say, today's Wednesday. It could be as late as Friday by noon before we get back to you. But I promise somebody will get back to you before Friday at noon with the information. So you've told them when you're going to get back to them at the latest. You've told them what it's going to take to get that information and why it's taking that long. And you've gotten back to them quickly, and guess what? You get back to them Thursday late afternoon, and they go, wow, you guys are fast. <laughs> right, that you're exceeding the expectation. Yeah, yeah. That. So I'm going to say there's a third answer there. So, by the way, what is responsive email? Uh, how fast is a good response? Well, you know, your customers would like it within a second of them hitting send. 
you know, that would be ideal. <laughs> but realistic. Realistic. You know, and I think that depends on different industries. Um, within the hour, though, is not unreasonable. For a I think lot that's of- reasonable. I think in some yeah. businesses it needs to be faster than that uh, because of the type of business they're in. But I think overall, if it goes much longer than an hour, you've lost them. We've got a, a situation. If you email somebody individually, you know, we accept they may be out to lunch or, you know, it's the very end of the day. You might not get them to the very next day. And whether it's a phone call or an email. But, you know, our idea of response time, because if it's an individual, is mm-hmm. three hours max, ideally one hour. However, for a company to receive a general inquiry from a customer to a company, not a specific person, I think it's very reasonable to always say within the hour. And I'd go a step further, make it within the half hour. Make it within 10 minutes. So, right. Well, we're just about out of time. I want to real quick uh, give you another plug for your new book, which is called Taming Gladys, The Busy Leader's Guide to Fierce Customer Loyalty, available at stores everywhere, especially at Amazon.com. So I urge everyone who's listening to this, if they want some great ideas, great great activities and things that they can do to bolster the customer service and loyalty in their company, go out and get this book and get to know what Mary, Marilyn and Lori Jo Vest have done for us. So any last parting words, any one final thing you want everybody to know and remember? Okay, here's a real quick tip. Okay. When you're on the phone and listening, be noisy. We tend to listen on the phone like we listen in person, but they can't see your eye contact. They can't see that you're taking notes. And when you're quiet, they think you're ignoring them or you've lost interest, and yet they get irritated. So be noisy. Make those guttural sounds. Huh. Ah, got it. Guttural oh, sounds. Let me write that I down. love that. <laughs> I call those, actually, the technical term is sub vocals. Hmm. Beautiful. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> well, this is awesome. Marilyn, you are, uh, you're awesome. Actually, you're amazing. This is what Amazing Business Radio is all about. We help other businesses be amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Shep Hyken. You have been listening to Marilyn Subtle talk about her newest and latest and greatest book, Taming Gladys. Go to Amazon and get it. And be sure to tune in next week when we have another amazing interview. My name is Shep Hyken. This is Amazing Business Radio. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>